For the first time in a long time, the boys are back in town. Ivor, Dor, and Josh discuss all sorts of nonsense and even a couple apps on episode 569 of Android App Addicts. Hey, hey, Podnutsians, welcome to Android App Addicts, episode 569. This podcast is brought to you by all of the Patreon supporters like Phil E., uh, brother of Clint E., kind of thing. Uh, Thank you very much, Phil, for becoming a Patreon supporter. Uh, We cannot thank you guys enough for helping us continuously moving forward, uh, even if it's sometimes a little bit slower than normal. Uh, I am joined this evening by two far-reaching fellows. we have uh, Ivor and Josh. How is everything going, Ivor? Splendidly, Dor. I have not been very well the last few months, um, which is why we've been uh, one of the reasons we've been absent for so long. But uh, I am now on the path to recovery, and um, yeah, looking forward to getting back into the podcasting business. Especially as you can see now, we're embarking on our summer. It's now twenty-six, twenty-five degrees Celsius here, uh, which I think is seventy-seven or seventy-eight in the in the US. Stupid system. Um, so yeah, it's pretty hot, pretty, um, pretty summery and having a great time. You guys cool. are you enjoying the winter. Um, we, I've only had a sprinkling of snow here so far, but I'm trying to do my, uh, husbandly duties. Uh, I get up at around 5 a.m. every morning, uh, by 6 a.m. or so I go outside, turn the car on, scrape it off for the wife, make sure everything is nice and clean, warm it up. So when she gets ready to go, there's as little friction as possible since she has to commute. I don't. I figure that's one of the things I should be doing. Good on you. Speaking of summer, uh, we went skiing on Monday, so that was a lot of fun. First time this season. So that was good up at Mount Washington. And uh, we also have had one snowstorm here, uh, which uh, it was it was a pretty good one. But the, the thing is, there's so many trees around that, uh, yeah, whenever there is a snowstorm, there seems to be trees that come down. Power generally goes out. So. Other than that, it's been uh, just the same old, same old around here. I think um, since we've last talked, I've missed this as well, Ivor. And it's good to see your face here. And anybody that doesn't know what Ivor looks like should check out YouTube if you're just listening to the podcast. Because yeah, it, it's something. <laughs> well, well I'm, and I'm suffering from beard envy at the moment, Josh. I have to say that's a spectacular beard you have there. Yeah, and I still say it like this. I appreciate you guys like trying to make it sound like you guys were kind of the reasons podcasts weren't happening. Um, I am, anyone wants to point the finger, I am the guy who uh, was stopping a lot of the podcast. Uh, the long and the short of it is pain. The shorter, short of it is it's getting better. Um, besides that, I will say I've been keeping up on all the Android news to where I sent Ivor and Josh, I want to say it was a 22-page long Google Doc with all the possible notes in it. Um, and it is in the top of the YouTube chat, I believe, if you go to the YouTube de- description, or as some YouTubers call it, if you go down to the boobity boo and click on too many links, uh, note, you'll see there's stuff going back from the last time we did a show, which was around October-ish until today. So there was a lot that we missed, but here's the whole gimmick. Just like I always try to say, the wrong time to buy an Android device is right now. Because in two to three weeks, there's always something better coming out. Um, 
the news that happened in the last two months, I don't want to say is near completely irrelevant, but how much stuff that happened in the news in the last two months do you think, Josh and I, or and the listener, happened that actually affects a majority of Android people? Hmm. Um, what? That was an Android. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's not go there. Um, but hell, I haven't really been keeping up with uh, with Android news. Like, to be honest, I have not been using my phone very much at all. I bought a new tablet, and I've been on my tablet just playing games and listening to podcasts and watching movies and doing that sort of stuff. Uh, I think with a lot of people under lockdowns, so that's pretty much what they're doing as well. Um, Chromecasting to the TV. Um, so I think uh, streaming services have been pretty uh, pretty popular. I've got a couple of um, apps that, uh, that provide some, some different uh, sort of documentaries and stuff, which I want to go over a bit later. Yeah. I think uh, just yep. general entertainment to help people when they're being locked down. Yeah, I will say, uh, listening to podnews.net, uh, podcast listening is absolutely up, absolutely without a mm. doubt up. Mm. They were afraid because people weren't commuting as much, the listening would actually go down. But now it turns out they actually shot up by nearly like 30% during the first uh, month and a half of the lockdown stuff. Um, I will say, um, I understand like the uh, um, curation stuff, but the one that was in the extreme failure was called, was it Quibi? It like oh, launched yeah. and like three months later had to say, nope, we're shutting down. I actually tried the uh, trial version of that for about 20 minutes and then uninstalled it. <laughs> it was terrible. I mean, the, the videos were very good quality, but they were crap. They were very well produced, but they were just not entertaining. Gotcha, gotcha. Josh, uh, do you remember any news in the happenings that uh, really like could affect even a majority of Android people? News per se, I'm not sure. Just the other day, I became a little bit dis disillusioned. Uh, I tried to uninstall Amazon from my Huawei P30 Pro, and it wouldn't let me. As far as, as far as I'm concerned, the only apps that you shouldn't be able to install are apps which the operating system absolutely needs to run. And I'm, I'm, I'm over Amazon right now, and I just I, it annoys me to no end that it is stuck on this phone. And if we were doing predictions for 2021, I would say that individually, I will be probably looking for an alternative to Android, um, which isn't Apple. So go down a rabbit hole there somewhere. And I would say that there will be more people that are like that, that are that try to break away from the Amazon Google architectures and realize that, you know, it's not healthy to have two large companies that are controlling so much of the communication overall bandwidth on the internet. I always used to get very annoyed when I had a, a new phone and I'd start it up and the first thing I'd see is Facebook. That would really pee me off. You couldn't uninstall that either. Yeah, there's places around the world that that is pretty much what cell phones are. You know, you, you buy a cell phone or you get a cell phone and they'll, they'll install Facebook on it for you when you get it and then your main oh, your main application is big piece of news uh what's that going uh changing its terms of privacy to um sharing its information with facebook um, i'm shocked my, i know yeah, i can't believe my wife and family are all on this uh, whatsapp group and i i left whatsapp about three years ago uh, i sent the, an article through from android police on it this this is a big art, um, piece of news a lot across a lot of the tech platforms i think uh, everyone was talking about it so i sent the article to her and she said well there's not much I can do because all my family are on there and they're not going to change. They're going to stick with WhatsApp. They don't really care. 
forget about it, even if they did know. So I think Elon Musk is right. Go to Signal. Yeah, but because he's Elon Musk and because he didn't provide a link, a URL or anything like that, uh, a random company named Signal that has nothing to do with private chat stock jumped like 569%. <laughs> Let me guess. It's S-I-G-N-L. Oh, no. It's spelled the exact same way, but it does something completely different. And it's a private <laughs> business where Signal, as we know it from Moxie, Marlin Spike is not something you can invest in in the stock market. Well, it was taking a, a hit as well as far as just taking a pounding on their on their servers and their infrastructure. Apparently, there was long delays when people were trying to sign up for Signal. You know, I, 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 I think you as well, Doran. Maybe Ivor. I remember you tried it out. I'm not sure if you stuck with it, but just using Signal as a default SMS. Yes, um, I, I still do. Yeah. I've been using it for a year now. And the benefit of that, for people that don't know, is that it, if you're sending an S SMS from my house in Canada to Ivor in New Zealand. It's not sending it as an SMS or it's not, you know, it's not using your carrier's data. It'll send it over Wi-Fi in an encrypted, encrypted manner. I mean, it doesn't have to be Wi-Fi, but, you know, it's end-to-end -end encrypted message from, from me to Ivor. Yeah. If I'm using normal SMS and Josh is using normal SMS, then typically we use what is literally an isolated network where it's just SMS. And it's in the clear and everyone can see it. Um, when Signal knows both parties are using Signal, then it ubiquitously, like silently decides we're going to use a data network instead. And everything is encrypted from point to point where um, it's been hardened and it's been tested that people in the middle cannot access it or see it kind of thing. Um, now, the devil's advocate is the incredible flaw that I do believe exists in Signal and Moxie Marlin Spike, the creator, writer, developer of Signal, it, admits they're trying to find a, a solution, a proper solution to this, and he does not want to just jump the gun and make a wrong choice, is it's still tied to your telephone number. Mm -hmm. Which means if I do a SimJack hacking on Ivor or Josh, then I can get any new message going to either, either one of them. I won't be able to see any of the history of the messages, but I can literally intercept new messages going to them. Um, but, so they got to figure out how to fix that, and that's not easy. I thought it had a private key. It does, but when I have the SMS client, the key is only on the initial connection made between the two kind of thing. Right, um, on the handshake or the, oh, the, because if you change phones, the, the other person will get a message saying that whatever the token has changed for this user. I've seen that before. Yeah, yeah and that's why when the Hong Kong stuff went down, everyone jumped off of Signal because they figured they were going to do, the uh, country would, would, would do a bunch of uh, SIM jacking. One of the, and they went to, to Telegram where it can be a username-password-based system and not a telephone number-based system. One of the, the main things for Signal, the, the kind of a hiccup for me that I've noticed, is that if someone else has Signal but doesn't use it as their default SMS, then the, if, it, <clears throat> if you send an encrypted Signal message, which is the default on Signal, then it seems to just go to their Signal app, and if it's not open or they don't see it, they don't get it versus going directly to their their SMS app. And so you can long press the, the send on Signal and, and send it un, unencrypted, and it'll go to their SMS. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but it's, all, it's, it's kind of annoying if you don't notice, and then you realize a couple of days later that they never got it. The other thing about WhatsApp, I saw uh, an interesting article, uh, piece on YouTube from uh, Unbox Therapy was uh, they discovered that the uh, private groups that 
set up on WhatsApp, the invitations that go out to people for the private groups on WhatsApp are sent over the open internet and are indexed by Google. So show up in the Google search results. And not just the, the um, membership details, but um, all the user details. I think it has IMIE numbers and all that sort of stuff. Free and clear in the open internet. All indexed by Google, open to a Google search. Now, how they get away with that? I guess they don't have robots.txt turned on. I don't know. Um, the problem with WhatsApp is, is, is it's too popular. Kind of like the problem with WordPress is it's too popular. Um, and well, Facebook's been too popular. <laughs> and now, hey, to say it like this, Signal might become too popular to where it might be beneficial to go towards, dare I say, something like Nextcloud Talk or some smaller thing just because it's less of a target. But then you come into that issue where you said about earlier about family not being on it. Personally, 90% of my family can fall off the face of the planet, and I'm okay. Well, I actually have oh, a any It's good to keep in touch with them, but <laughs> yeah, I understand what, what you mean. <laughs> any Anyone listening, of course, is in that, that uh, upper 10% that Doors talking about. They don't about. listen. They don't listen. And uh, at work, like when people talk about, because right now the Maryland Power, you know, the U.S. Powerball and Mega Millions are like 600 and 800 million. And inevitably, when this happens, somebody always, we start a meeting off, but it hasn't formally started yet. Oh, what would you do if you won? What would you do if you won? What would you do if you won? And they ask me, what would you do if you won? I said, well, first off, a lot of people's going to have to die. And they like, what? I said, oh, yeah, well, a lot of my family members, they're going to have have been killed because they'll never leave me alone for the rest of my life begging for money. And I can't have that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. They're like, oh, uh, okay. Well, let's start to talk about this project we have to do. <laughs> I thought the project was depressing. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, and out like this: perfection is unobtainable. We're never going to have perfect security. We're never going to have something perfectly convenient where everyone can use. So we're always going to have to make that determination to ourselves. What's more important: to be able to talk to everybody via Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp, or use something like Signal, where it tries to at least be as secure as it possibly can between trusted nodes. And when it's an untrusted node, it's it's basically like sending an email um, between networks where everyone in the path can actually read it. Yeah, Swift in the chat is mentioning that he uses he uses Telegram, and I'm trying to remember there was some some security flaw. Yeah, Telegram's hosted in in Russia. And Russia. The, Rus- the Russian government can have a look at those servers anytime they want. They can, but Telegram insists that you, the users, own the private keys. We don't have any access to it. Tell they that to the Russian that. government. You know, I wouldn't trust anything that's hosted in Russia. Well, I mean, China. how can you trust anything hosted in any country, is what I'll say. Because oh, yeah. the U.S. government... Russia, has, though? Has, Russia? There are some countries I trust a bit more than Russia, if you know well, what I mean. <laughs> the, anything hosted in the U.S., the U.S. government can do a FISA order and get ubiquitous access to everything inside their company. And that company cannot say the government is in our company. Same, same thing exists in the UK. Same thing exists in every like major country. It's, it's just a fact, um, which is why wherever the pirate Bay is hosted, that's the country I trust. That's about it. <laughs> well, at least the, the, still the in Sweden. Fi- can't remember if they're in Sweden or they moved to, was it Romania? I can't remember. At least the FISA court is transparent door. Well, sure. Um, call me on guard with that one. Um, so, like, here's the thing. To me, while it is very interesting to keep up on Android news, changes in the ecosystem, updates to the core, things that are changing in Android Auto, I don't want to say that they're not deadly important, but most of the things that are happening are not 
going to shake the earth we live on. And partially I'm saying that because I honestly believe Android is such a mature ecosystem. Now, with that stated, I understand a lot of people thinking it's time to get off of Amazon. It's time to get off of this. It's time to get off of that. It's time to get off of all this. And, and I'll say, welcome to door to door geek, you know, 2004 kind of thing. Um, but it, now, if you want to have at least a little bit of faith renewed in Amazon, which, trust me, no one deserves respect. Jeff does not deserve any respect at all. But if you're just interested to see some of the things he's actually doing to try to actually do cool stuff, then I definitely encourage you to go to YouTube and search for Blue Origin. Blue Origin. Okay, Origin. Blue Origin, which is a horrible name. It's not even close to as catchy as SpaceX. Um, And you can see... He is doing his part to try to push the envelope of space exploration, dare I say, causing competition between the billionaires of Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, who can do what kind of things first. And as a consumer, as a citizen, the more competition I see in that front, I have to believe they're literally, because we're humans are like 30 years behind in space technology, okay? Once the space shuttle went up for the very first time, everybody in the world stopped doing things because they just figured, well, well, they got it. Now we have actual competition where I believe we're going to see tremendous innovation in the next 15, 18, 20 years on space front. Thanks to these two self-righteous, balding, egotistical, maniacal billionaires trying to outdo one another. Um, Monty Python told me to try to look at the bright side of life. I, I try every day. I was thinking about that the other day. About just if you have that much money, what do you do? And I guess it's when you're a kid and you get your first allowance, you buy. Well, I don't know if they do it, but you know, you go out and buy a, a rocket kit and you put it together. You put put some Mentos and some ginger ale or whatever it is in a two liter bottle and shoot that up in the sky. So I guess if you're a billionaire, you just start building rockets to try to go to the moon. And my parents never fed me, so the first thing I did whenever I got any money was go straight down the, the fast food store and get, get some fish and chips or a hamburger. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and and I'll say Swift has a incredibly busy Telegram group. I believe it's called Just for the Nerds or Just the Nerds. Uncommonly nice people are in that group, is what I'll say. Um, that is a good thing about Telegram. It does have some very interesting discussion groups that you can join in on and stuff, and and. Um, don't have to use it on your phone. You can use it on, on your or tablet or whatever. And yeah, the, the, there are lots and lots of different groups you can get involved in. The signal seems to be lacking that. Yeah. And then I'll say it doesn't matter if your name is Bill Gates. doesn't matter if your name is Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Joseph Biden, Donald Trump. doesn't matter. One constant I can tell you is everybody cast themselves in the hero in the story they tell themselves. Jeff believes he is a tremendous human being doing the right thing as he sees it, the way everyone deserves it, everyone needs it, trying to be like the good guy kind of thing. Um, our own individual perspective allows us to see things about him or them that they don't realize, but at the same time, we hide our own flaws to ourselves as well. Um, I don't have Amazon Prime. I'm never going to have Amazon Prime again, partially because I believe it's too expensive for Amazon now to weed out in their system who doesn't have Amazon Prime to like slow down shipping. Everything I order is here in two days and I don't pay no hundred and whatever dollars a year. Um, if what I'm ordering is only 25 bucks, I don't really need it. Let's wait a couple days and then I'll order something else to where I get free shipping and it, it's always here in two days. Uh, Amazon video is like the worst thing I've ever witnessed in my life. Amazon music. Why? I napstered 39 days worth of audio. I don't need no Amazon music. I'm old. Um, 
And then uh, Amazon Storage. Google already has you beat by the price. I'm paying two terabytes a month for less than 10 bucks. So um, there's nothing that Amazon Prime offers me that I think I need so far. I find Prime Video to be better than Netflix at the moment. Well, I don't, I don't use Netflix either. I just pirate everything because I'm an American. Salute to you. Um, 90% <laughs> of the things I look for on Amazon, they wanted to charge me like an extra buck 50 or 250 to watch with everything. Really? Mm. Wow. Almost I, everything I, I look for. That. Granted, I look for some weird stuff, you know, kind of like the castle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that the only thing that we watch on, on Prime is The Expanse. Um, you hear good stuff about that one, I ain't gonna lie. Even Steve Gibson, the propeller nerd old guy himself, writing an assembly code, insists the books were great, the video was almost as good. Yeah, it, it's good, it's, but it I'm, I'm it is good. tired of giving Amazon money, so... And pirate it, like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now I'll say, I, I, I'm lowering my head in, like, solace because the last... American stimulus package thingamajigger that passed like right after Christmas and right before the New Year's, there was something tucked in the middle of that, which I believe is going to spell the demise, the end of Plex. Um, forever, it was illegal to upload illegal content. Hence, you could download all the illegal content you wanted as an American and nothing could happen. Only if you reshared it back up were you held liable for that content being shared? Well, in the stimulus package that passed, it's now also illegal to download copyrighted content. So um, now's the time if you want to do any sort of downloading of any sort of content or streaming of any kind of content that you don't outright own, that those people might be really peed off that you're getting, you might want to invest in a VPN. And I cannot encourage more NordVPN um, uh, um, uh, virtual, um, what is it? Uh, private internet oh, access. access yeah. uh, even Mozilla VPN is probably safer than some of the ones out there. But we're going to have to start to be a little bit more diligent and a little bit more careful when we acquire, you know, exquisite content like um, uh, Star Wars Episode 4, 5, and 6 Despecialized Edition. You know, you got to watch out. Yeah, well, that's the kind of stuff that should be in a stimulus package for sure. I mean, as long as everyone gets their one-time payment of six hundred dollars, because that'll definitely, definitely help the economy. And then, um, however many billions of dollars got spent or sent overseas in the same, the same bill, it's uh, well, pretty amazing. The best meme picture I ever saw was, you know, when you have the jeans on, you know, that little pocket up front. By your pocket, that's where you put your stimulus. <laughs> so how does that work? Or just as an aside, did you get yours yet, or is, does it arrive in the mail, or do you just have to apply for it, or what? And then did no, you it, instantly it, retire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you electronically submit your taxes, it just gets direct deposited, kind of thing. So quite literally, the day two days after they said everyone's going to get it, boom, we had twenty four hundred, and then boom, whether you need it or not, we as a household decided to spend the money. Um. The cutoff was like you have to make like $170,000, I believe, as a couple. And I mean, my wife is making better money than me. No problem saying that. But combined, we ain't making that. So next time before your meeting at work, when the when they usually talk about the mega millions, you should bring up. So say, so what are you going to do when you get your stimulus check? Yeah. And one of the best pictures I saw was like days before it got passed was a picture from inside a Walmart that had like six different types of TVs in the middle of the aisle, 538, 568, 558, 598, 
all these different types of TVs on sale, like 66 inch, 72 inch. I'm like, wow, Walmart knows uh, Americans too well. Well, it's uh, it's all that it's been, right? It's just a transfer of wealth from from the people to the great civilization of of major tech and major industry. Here, take your $600, give it to Amazon because they need it. Well, Amazon's rich for a reason because they took the local community store who was screwing everyone over and they offered stuff for a cheaper price and they offered stuff at a fact at a faster price. They offered a better product. Same reason why eBay, to be honest, has been successful. They offer you better selection than the local flea market at a cheaper price. Well, it also helps when it comes installed on your phone and you can't uninstall it. Well, then I'll just tell you this. Go to YouTube and look for Root I, on your device. Root the damn thing. Well, isn't, then, Huawei, isn't Huawei a bit resistant to rooting now? I don't care if they are. Um, you, you think with the two billion Chinese people that own the device, they don't know how to get root on it? Um, and there's always, there is always a ADB way. Without root, you can use ADB to remove applications even if you don't have root. Even if they are the like sensitive, uh, uninstallable versions of applications. Can you disable it, Josh? Yeah, you can disable it, but that doesn't really scratch the itch of just getting rid of it. I mean, there's no reason why I should not be able to uninstall anything from my phone, and especially Amazon. Well, the reason is you have a Chinese phone. That's why. Well, no, no, all no, no American, no American phones are even worse. Okay, in my experience, yeah, phones you buy out of carrier stores. There's typically between eight and like twenty things you can you, yeah, you can see not my LG phone. I've got it from AT and T secondhand sort of thing, and it. it's an old AT and T phone, and it's terrible. Well, then the tangent is: Do we have any new devices in our households? Because uh, I actually have my, a couple. I've got my Huawei tablet. I had to buy a Huawei tablet. That's been very useful, but it has only about two hours battery life, and it's it's micro USB, uh, Android eight, thirty two gigabyte storage. Three giga RAM. It's like, oh, yeah. It's like going back to 2012. No, not as far as devices go. Uh, I have gotten other other things. Um, we we got finally received our e-bikes and got those at the beginning to middle of October, and I've put about 1,400 kilometers on it since then. Dang. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 been a lot of fun, and then just finally picked up some uh bluetooth they're they're developed for motorcycle riders but they're bluetooth little microphone and uh right. ear cups for for speakers because i take i take the kid to daycare in the mornings and pick him up on the bike and so he's oh. sitting on a seat behind me but you can't really hear that well and so i put a couple i put one on his helmet and one on my helmet and then today was the first day but it was great we just chat all the way there and so you one good. of these, Josh? Uh, I cannot see what that is. It's a wrist, <laughs> it's a wrist holder. You can uh, have a wrist tablet. Your life is complete. <laughs> My life is complete, yeah. What about you, Dor? Did you say you got a new device? Uh, well, technically, there's a couple new devices in the house. Two of them are... Uh, both my kids, my youngest got his first phone. My oldest, his phone had like cracks completely covering his screen. So both of them got, um, in air quotes, like new devices. Um, let me do this. Click off there. Okay. Um, the kids both got, I want to say they're Moto G6s. They were less than, I want to say, $150 a piece. Um, but the battery life is crazy. My, like, youngest will sit there for six hours straight 
playing Roblox or Minecraft or Among Us or whatever. And I look down at his phone and it still has like 70% battery. It is like literally insane how good they, they're, that their batteries are. Um, both phones took hours to get all the updates and reboot, updates and reboot, updates and reboot kind of thing. Um, Why is that? Um, they got large batteries? Or is there a reason for that? Uh, well, A, I think it's because they're lower-end processors. Lower-end processors use less power, and I do believe that they're... Uh, I do believe they're lower-resolution screen, and I do believe that they're 4,000 milliamp battery, which is decently big. Um, And I'll say they both are liking them. They both are very simple Android users. Uh, the one thing that I am having my youngest son do, this is his first phone, so every day of the week I ask him who did he randomly text or call and he has to use it as a communication device you know whether it's calling up one of his aunts grandparents what or you know friend from school whatever I don't care use it as a communication device at least once a day and I'm feeling very happy about doing that um and again both phones with cases combined were less than I want to say $400 uh, both of them used USB type C which shocked me um and they you know they're just having fun with them kind of thing um being a YouTube premiere guy for a while, I then got a thing in my email saying I can get uh, Stadia plus a Chromecast Ultra uh, completely for free. Oh. In air quotes, free. Hence, it comes with my two years plus of paying for no ads. Um, without the Chromecast Ultra, Stadia is at best mediocre. Um, Stadia with the Chromecast U Ultra, I am genuinely shocked at how well some of the games work, is what I'll say. Um, yeah, my kids, um, I've set them all up with desktop PCs in their rooms. And running Linux. Huh? Quite huh? there with Linux, because they like to use Steam games. Uh, Steam games. But I did dual boot them. I will some dual, uh, dual boot option on them as well. My daughter's only nine years old, so she's, she's not really uh, au fait with Linux at the moment. Do you guys think that, that there will be any benefit to uh, mobile phones? Now that that MacBooks are coming out with ARM processors, do you think that'll have any yeah. crossover effect? Remember uh, Asus a while ago, I think back in 2012 or 2013, did a, did a tablet that you could fit your phone into, and the phone was actually the processor for the tablet. And I think that was a brilliant idea. It just didn't work very well because the technology wasn't that good at that time. I think if they came out with something else like that where you could just slap your phone into a display, have that doing all the hard work, I think we're getting closer and closer to that. Well, I'll say, unfortunately, because of Apple's incredibly closed proprietary ecosystem, it's a yes-no answer. Um, as far as the technology is concerned, very little outside Apple will benefit from Apple doing that. But in the PR camp, publicity camp, I think it's going to make the term ARM processor much more digestible to the masses kind of thing. So it's great for people to hear it, but in actuality, I think maybe like 2% of the code that they put on that chip will be pushed back up the stack. Um, ARM is like, um, hmm, I'm trying to find like a real-world relationship thing. ARM is just a license you take out, and then Apple puts on top of the ARM core a bunch of proprietary hardware and software on top of that chip. Thus, day one when these things launched, the performance they were getting for battery life was like insane. Like, unbelievable. Uh, I want to say it was Lenovo just launched a ARM-based laptop that says the battery life is 24 hours. 
not of use, not of standby, but of video playback. You get 24 hours of battery release, and that's kind of nuts. Um, ARM has been threatening to go into the server room for like a decade. I believe it's really close to being on the precipice. Um, with stuff like the Pinebook Pro ARM-based laptops, Samsung Chromebooks running ARM, um, um, uh, a certain Surface tablets running ARM, and now it's Mac running ARM, I think it's inevitable that everything that is in normal day-to-day use will be running ARM, and the only things that will be running x86 are very particular infrastructure things. Um, ARM is going to destroy Intel. The CEO of Intel, like today or yesterday, is stepping down. Dust saying to me as an investor, do not invest in Intel, because I don't want to say they're on their last legs because they're not. They're always going to have a market, but they're going to be marginalized is the best way I can put it. I would say that I would start calling them out-tell. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, um, Snapdragon um, is like ever-expanding. Um, Qualcomm, ever-expanding. Those guys are doing a lot of work, but in the realm of open architecture, you have a thing called RISC-V. I thought it was called RISC-V, but what do I know? It's RISC-V, which is true, 100%. Open modeled hardware with open software stacks running on top of it. Because here's the long and the short of it. If I'm not in America and I want to run something that is absolutely 100% secure, whether it's a phone, a tablet, a server, a computer, it can't be Intel. It can't because Intel is not secure. Intel has not been a secure hardware platform for like six, seven years. Um, and so ARM is more secure than anything Intel has to offer. But then if you really want to go 100% absolute security, you have to design the chips yourself. Um, India, Vietnam, uh, China are all pushing hard on the RISC-V infrastructure front where it's going to take years for them to really have something mature and offerable. But, you know, by the time our kids' kids are coming of age, they, they, they are going to have the opportunity to use complete open source hardware and software in a very trusted ecosystem to where they can put anything they want in that operating system and trust that it is truly privatized and they have complete control over it. So is well, that at the risk of sounding racist? Oh, sorry, Josh. The risk. Make a quick point. I get it. At the risk of sounding a little bit racist. I um, I really don't want to buy a Chinese phone. I was really loathed by this Chinese tablet, and I don't want to buy a Chinese phone. But I really well, don't want to buy a, a Samsung either. Samsung seems buy to be phone. the only option. Oh, no, um, no, no, no. Samsung has 30% Chinese chips in it. Yeah, exactly. So, so Samsung's not an not. option. There's only two options if you want to stay away from Chinese manufactured phones. One of them's LG, and the other one's um, oh. Asus. They and all have over 30% Chinese chips in them. Oh, that's not according to what I read. But they, you, you, you need to read right. again. Yeah. Yeah, there is no phone made in the world right now that does not have at least some Chinese components in. It. Oh yeah, now components are made in China, yeah, but assembly. Yeah. yeah, well, I know, but that's like saying I buy a Harley Davidson. Well, it says it's made in America. No, like sixty percent <laughs> of it was made in Mexico and put together in Mexico, and then yep. thanks to the great treaties in air quotes we have with other countries, well, then they have to push it over. And get some minimal employee person to just put the last little bit bit together. Um, Motorola's they are they made in China? They used to be made in Brazil, didn't they? There's no such thing as well. No, no. Now, now, okay, so you're close. If you buy a Motorola in Brazil, it has to be manufactured in Brazil, but chips still come from all over the world. But but they're like 
all the boards are put together, the screens are put together, are kind of thing in Brazil. And that's one of the reasons why in Brazil, phones on general cost so much more money uh, versus their counterparts. That's why Motorola kills it in Brazil because they can afford to put a factory there. Eric just yeah. made a really good point in the, in the comments. I bought a Chinese phone and half an hour later, I went and buy another one. <laughs> well, and um, don't forget, Motorola was owned by Lenovo for a hot second. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'll say this, like, I keep thinking the, the latest things I heard in the news cycle actually have the potential to be relevant to the normal Android user. Unfortunately, not for months and months and months and months, if not a year or more. And that's the rollable phones that we're seeing. Um, there's at least two or three. One was a Huawei. One was an LG. I believe one was a Huawei. I know one was an LG and one was a Oppo uh, phone. And I got to say, I mean, I, foldables looked okay. Eh, look cool, like they could work, but the rollables to me seem so much more palatable and realistic that like, like they could be in the local store within like a year or so. What happened to the um, Xiaomi guy? He disappeared. Nope, didn't disappear at all. Um, he was uh, interviewed like two days ago, three days ago, and he said, "No, I'm just keeping quiet." That 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 that's all. And he wasn't show me. He was the Alibaba guy. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, sorry. Yeah, well, I think. Um, um, the future of cell phone manufacturing is going to be in India. We need to keep a close eye on what's happening in India in the next five years. And I see a lot more phones being manufactured there. Right. Well, in the last year and a half, uh, ever since Trump declared war on the China market, almost 38% of cell phone manufacturing put other manufacturing sites either in Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand, or India. Vietnam's still a communist dictatorship as well. You know? <laughs> Jeez. Throwing people well, fire. Uh, I, I, I'm going to probably get this wrong. Northern part, I believe, yes. Southern part, not really. Uh, which, why, if you watched the Trump thing from like a week ago, you'll see a lot of Southern Vietnamese flags in the audience because they believe he hates China. They hate China. So they had, there, there was like, it, I want to say at least like 13 or 14 of those flags in the audience. And we'll get a North Korean phone. I don't know if they can afford one. Um, yeah, what? North, I don't know. I mean, does anything come out of North Korea except for, um, like, Salvation and misery. <laughs> well, Missiles. their propaganda videos are great, man. I watch a couple of them where, like, they show all Americans are poor, living on the street, uh, begging for money kind of thing. Like, the, wrong. well, the production value was, like, top notch, man. That's good yeah. stuff. They kidnap all um, the producers. <laughs> right. Yeah, truly. Um, <laughs> Now, I will say I was thinking about doing some kind of predictions, but we also do have an, at least one email here, um, and I will go ahead and read it if you guys want. Uh, from Christian, uh, basically it says, uh, hey, guys, and or of course, AAO shows have been a bit sparse in the, fast, in the past few months, but we all know stuff happens, but he didn't say stuff. Um, as Dor knows, I've decided to take up motorcycling again after a 20 plus year layoff. Back then, smartphones were not around, but now they are, and I can't navigate a large city without using my phone as a paper map. Uh, you know, since pa paper maps have become scarce. I've done my research and I've come across some interesting things on YouTube. Uh, Rather than try to explain this stuff, here's a video link where you can go and w w watch it. The bike in the video is a smaller version of the bike that he's getting. 
but the layout is very similar. I don't plan to wander off into the bush as much as this fellow does, but I do plan on using old phone without cell service for the display and keep another phone on my person. I don't plan to drop my bike down a ravine, hoy. Um, but older phones could fail from water ingress or vi or vibration. So the second one in my pocket seems prudent. I have a question though. Um, is there a way I can get Voxer to display in landscape mode? This will not be critical, but it would be really nice. And I suspect I have to ping uh, Carp Itter. I don't know what that is. To get their controller software to work with Voxer and my favorite GPS app that isn't on the list of supported ones. Um, Here's the gimmick. Screen rotation apps are um hardware dependent. I get one that works perfectly on my device. There's no guarantee it's going to work on your device well. So I literally took like a shot in the dark and I um, put one that I used on, I think it was an Amazon Fire tablet like a year ago called Ro, um, Rotation Control. And right now it's at version 3.4.0. Very easy. You can say per apps, this is what I want to happen. On this app, I want it to be portrait. This app, I want it to be landscape. And at launch of that app, it will force that rotation to be in that place. And thankfully that was an app that worked for him. Uh, the, the Carpa Eater, Eater, Copper Eater, whatever. Um, it looks like it's a, a pretty hardcore rubberized tablet that connects to your, to basically to your handlebars and it gives you kind of a, a heads up display, GPS, stuff like that. And it looks like it also looks like it's running Android and you can add apps to it and it gives you, your GPS and things like that. Gotcha. Definitely sounds useful. Looks pretty cool. Um, Looks pretty expensive too. Well, it yeah. Well, I was like this. Um, he got a motorcycle after twenty years. Um, working in the job I work in, I have privy to some information directly from the National Transportation Highway Safety Board (NTSB), and I know for a fact in the United States of America, at least where he doesn't live, but in the United States of America. Once you go over 40 miles and uh, um, 40 years old in age, every year over 40 you are, the likelihood you're going to die or have severe injury in a motorcycle crash diminishes exponentially year after year. He's over 40. Um, and the logic is everyone who's going to die on a motorcycle accident, they die in their 20s and 30s. By the time you're into their 40s, you understand whoa, maybe I should leave some space between me and this guy. Maybe I should go a little bit faster here. Maybe I should be a little bit to the side here. So they're safer riders. And when I showed him that stat, he was like, oh, guess that's it. I'm getting a bike. <laughs> nice. Be safe out there. Um, there's actually, yeah, oh, sorry. There's sorry. another, there's another email as well from Steve. Okay. Um, real quick. What I'm also going to try to have in the notes for this and the actual show notes for this is a website I've been using where I go in and I do my search, but in that search, I can say, I only want apps that have no ads and I only want apps that have no in-app purchases. Um, my logic is if I find an app that has that caveat and then it offers the in-app purchase or not, you can buy the other app that do more stuff. To me, that's a much more of a model that I'm in favor of supporting. So that's how I find apps when people look for very specific things. That's how I find what I'm looking for. You have, you, you're going to put that link in the show notes, you said? I'm going to put in the show notes right now. It's only in my Firefox history, and it doesn't really have a name. It's like some weird URL hosted on GitHub, I think it is. But there's a, another email? There is. This one was sent at the end of November, and 
Hi, guys. Good to hear the show last week, Dor. You did a great job on your own and looking forward to a full house again with Ivor and Josh soon. Well, soon-ish, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks for the atmosphere weather app suggestion. It looks really good, but I found that I still prefer Meteogram with Dark Sky as the weather provider for it. That seems to be the most detailed and accurate weather app I've come across so far, but I always enjoy trying out new suggestions. And then he gives a link to that, which we'll put in the, in the notes. Here's one you might like. I was looking through some old black and white photos the other day and wondered if there was a way to convert them to color photos. I came across this app called Colorize Images. You get 10 free conversions and then can either pay or watch ads to convert more pictures. It's not perfect as the beach has come out green in some photos, but it does a pretty good job. I've tried taking a black and white photo on my camera and converting it and the colors are pretty close. And there's a link for that. It says, anyway, keep up the good work and I look forward to your next show. Take care. Kind regards, Steve Woodyat. Um, and Steve, I've been to beaches that are green, so <laughs> maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> Thanks for the email. Very cool. Yeah, I would just add a note of caution. Um, be very careful about any camera or special effect photo apps. Some of them are very dodgy. Um, usually they're trying to hide some malware, they'll put it in the camera. It's the number of bloody malware warnings we've had with camera apps. Uh, so just be a bit careful that you're installing something that's well-rated and, and well-used and some good positive feedback on it. Yeah, can't, it, that's three more. Uh, chat messaging apps and camera apps seem to be uh, an easy target, especially, dare I say, selfie apps. Yeah, yeah. There Chinese is. ones and Russian and Israeli ones. Uh, everyone except New Zealand. We don't make apps. <laughs> we have sheep. Oh, there was it. that one app. I remember you brought an apple. Jeez, long time ago. Uh, that was that was a developer in New Zealand. Do you remember that? Yeah, something like that. Uh, vaguely. Yeah, it's like I a guess you're not a bridge builder or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I figured he's in New Zealand. You must know him. <laughs> yeah, I know everybody who lives here. Yeah, they're all my cousin. <laughs> One thing I have been doing over the last few days me is, me is, and Jacinda. <laughs> is trying to. Basically, I've been using Google Business for a while, and I have quite a bit of data up there. And so I've now created a new Next Next Cloud Pi on Raspberry Pi Four, and I was I'm looking at at backup op online backup options, and the one I'm leaning towards is you can get two terabytes of of storage for a lifetime on uh, a service called P Cloud. And so what I'm looking to do is syncing NextCloud to pCloud, which has an encryption as well, and then getting everything off of Google and using those two services together. So the, the only, yeah, we'll see how that works. Although pCloud's a bit too expensive to purchase right now. pCloud is a backup option for NextCloud. Yes, it has a, it basically has an app that you run on your computer, and then you can choose which folders to sync. And so then if you have the NextCloud app as well, then that creates a, a, a directory on your computer and you can use that as one of your synced up uh, directories, if that makes sense, for pCloud. Oh, yep, so, yep, yep. Yeah, it's sort of just uh, your computer is sort of a, a middleman handshake between the two services. Well, I'll say one thing you might be able to do with NextCloud, I thought you could, was you could federate where if there are other people that you, in air quotes, trust with your data, you could have your cloud sync with their cloud. But yeah, I will say um, there's a couple things. Uh, one is in sync, which I do think they actually will work with Amazon 
Google Drive, um, OneDrive. I want to say they also work with um, like Sugar Sync and maybe Spider Oak as well. Where you could say, I, I, I want to sync uh, this with those services kind of things that you could literally have next cloud um, client on your computer, kind of like Dropbox with this folder syncing, and then use InSync to point at that and point to a different web service. So you would need the Google Drive to be up, your network to be up, your computer to be up, and the other service to be up at the same time, but it's definitely doable. Well, I do I have InSync right now, which I'm using for uh, Google Drive, but the, the main point is to get off of Google Drive and stop giving Google money. And so this way, it would be a, a one-time purchase for a lifetime of two terabyte. And it, and it seems like a really good service. I've got a friend who's been using it for a couple of years. Like it seems like there's uh, quite a few features and just a, a product. I think it's time, I think for people who are not au fait with the Raspberry Pi and the, the uh, sort of open source side of things, it's time to have another Microsoft. They might be just as bad as Google, but I don't think they are really. Well, this has this has client side that P Cloud has client side encryption as well, and so ideally it would just be encrypted here and then sent up as an encrypted blob up there, and then it just doesn't get much safer than that. I think. Yeah, I was just thinking in terms of the general operating systems ecosystems that you're using. If you want, if you if you can't really, if you're not really comfortable using open source uh, stuff like what you're doing with Nextcloud and that sort of thing is to maybe have another look at, at Microsoft's solutions that are equivalent to the Google solutions. Yeah, and then they're still looking at a, a monthly fee, though, as well. That's right. Yeah. And I tell you one thing, gotcha. this, this this ED guy here in the in the chat is uh, like a one-man comedy show going on. <laughs> Hello, is this thing on? Well, and I'll say, if you are wanting to experiment with Nextcloud, I honestly encourage people to also try this app Technically, it's not put out by the NextCloud Foundation, but it is compatible with NextCloud. It's called NextCloud Notes. Uh, it's a, to me, it, it, with the, the way I'll put it, it's a very easy standalone application to where if you just want to do note-taking and have it in, instantly synced with your NextCloud uh, server, I've had pretty good success with this a application. Um, it just works is the way I'll put it. Uh, I believe it's uh, completely free for everyone. You just download and away you go. Oh, it's it's four fifty nine to buy here. Oh dang! Okay, and I got to sign out of my uh, Goog. Googs. Yeah, I forgot. Somehow I signed in on this. Uh, Doesn't I? I figured Nextcloud would have a yeah. um, integrated note taking well, app. They do. It is. It's completely integrated. But to, for you to use it on mobile, you have to load up a web browser, load up your Nextcloud instance, and then click Notes, and then access it inside the web browser. This just pushes it out to be its own standalone application. Oh, okay. I'm, this is just using the the notes, the actual right. Nextcloud well, notes, and then. Well, and I'm sure all this is is like a Prism or a web thing inside of a window. I'm sure. Um, but I'll say like this. I would rather give my money to a guy's company's name I can't pronounce who's probably in Finland or Sweden than, like you said, to give a reoccurring payment to some conglomerate that I don't know about. Um, I want to say I did pay full price for this, but my um, Google Opinion Rewards, I, I still have like eight bucks sitting in there that I haven't used. Oh, that reminds me, uh, you're talking about Finland, um, the Jollophone. I wanted to get a, a phone that wasn't uh, Android or Chinese. Jollophone, uh, that's what they use in Finland. I think it's, uh, it's used a Sailfish OS. Hmm. But I don't know if you can get them. 
Yeah, that uh, made me I think, think earlier when we were talking about manufacturing is that uh, I know that Nokia still has a manufacturing plant in Olu, um, which is the northern part. I've actually I've driven past that 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 manufacturing plant. Um, and a little known fact: Did you know that Nokia started off as a rubber manufacturing plant? They make they made tires and rubber boots. Yep. Yep. Yeah. T- uh, tires and boots is what made them rich, as we all put it. But yeah, I- I'm a little bit rusty, so let me say uh, next cloud notes by Nenderman IT edition. <laughs> um, <laughs> under tools, uh, 335 reviews. Uh, e for everyone, three dollars and forty nine cents U.S. to buy. Um, currently review rating is four point five. Um, it is eligible for the family library updated January eleventh, twenty twenty one. Five point eight megs in size, five thousand plus installs. Current version three dot one dot zero requires four dot four Android and up. Uh, permission is basically identify contacts and others. Um, I didn't grant it access to my contacts because I never do, and it seems to work just fine. And it needs network access before the syncing uh, of it. Um, so I'll say this, it works perfectly fine. And I can't even read the address under the developer information. Oof. Yeah, it looks it looks German, I think, but I know it's, I'm glad you attempted that one. Uh, we were talking about VPNs earlier. I actually paid for a VPN called Surfshark. Because it was the cheapest one, I did. I had I had paid for private internet access, which I had several years ago. But they don't have uh, doesn't work with Netflix. Basically, yeah, they sniffed it no, out. Nothing does. They were on it. From, um, this this does. VPN. This does. Oh, it does. Okay. It does because we, does, yeah. we've been having um, we've been having show watching get-togethers with our friends who live down the way and. Uh, there is no Twin Peaks on the Canadian Netflix, and so have to get U.S. Netflix to watch Twin Peaks. You can't even buy Twin Peaks in Canada, which is pretty insane, through Amazon or it's not on Netflix, like I said. Yeah, I come up with this all the time. Anytime I want to watch something, it's like not available in your country, or I have to go and get a subscription to another bloody service, and I don't want any more subscriptions or I have to get a you know a Sky subscription and get some new hardware plugged into my TV. Why can't I just stream it? You know. Ugh. Try the try the Surfshark. I think it was like two bucks a month or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, the well, problem I had with using a VPN that did geoblock and the only one I could find was uh, Express. Way too expensive, and you couldn't use Chromecast. You couldn't cast with it. So, and even then, it was you know by the time the speed uh, came down because it reduces your your download speed. My, my speeds aren't that great to start with. You know, it becomes a real dodgy proposition. Yeah, I'll say any time a VPN starts to become too popular, that's when Netflix blocks them, Hulu blocks them, BBC blocks them, and all the big carriers of content decide to just, like, blacklist all of their IP addresses. Um, the only way around that is Tor, and I've never seen anybody have a fast enough Tor connection to stream anything. Well, I mean, this has 21,000 reviews, which, to be honest, is a lot more than I thought when you said Surfshark, because the only thing that went through my head was Baby Shark when I said that. Um, <laughs> but it says it has uh, 1 million plus installs, so, you know, it has that going for it. Yeah, and it's not it's just... well-known VPN. Yeah, it's not... And it's out of the British Virgin Islands. I don't know if that helps it, 
be, you know, under the radar or, you know, outside of some legal area or what? It's it's worked every time I tried to use it. So that was on the phone and on the computer. So as far as as price goes, it's actually the cheapest one, and it did everything that I wanted to do. And yep, but very torrenting is still my best friend. We know we know that that is your best friend, literally. It's unfortunate, yeah, it's sad. <laughs> don't know what ro- what went wrong. Uh, Caleb in the in the chat says that uh, Surf Surf Shark is the bomb. Caleb, good to hear from you, man. Yeah, Caleb has me on his uh, Plex friends list. My wife finds good horror movies on his server, so thank you very much for that, sir. H-O-R-R-O-R? Yeah. Sorry, my Maryland accent might have made it sound like something else, but, you know, Thriller, Jason, (laughs) Freddy, Nightmare on Elm Street kind of thing. Just clarifying. Okay, well... Don't you know? We've been going for about an hour here. And uh, it's been so long that if we if we go full out, then we'll probably pull a hamstring. Or... Well, then I say if, if you have one more app, like the best of the bunch, go ahead and pull it out. Uh, Excuse me uh, while I whip this app. <laughs> I guess I would say because you know, I will. I'll, um, I, I've got one that has a, a one. Um, well, there, there's a backstory. It's one of those you get a device and then it has an app. That is just horrible. Um, and this is actually called Our Photo. So the idea was, and I, I'm kind of front-loading that with a bunch of garbage, but I've never had a problem with this app, and it's actually pretty good, and I'm not sure. Um, so the the plan was to get a digital Wi-Fi picture frame for my sister and her family, my brother and his family, and then my parents as well. And then we would have one. And so basically you can use this app to upload your photos to their picture frames. In a simple manner, you just click the ones you want and then it sends it out. And then they automatically appear on the other picture frames so that we could all have pictures of each other's kids and my grandparents. And, and uh, my mom and dad could have pictures of their grandparent or their grandkids. What kind of picture frame is it? Is there a specific type of hardware that you use? Or? Uh, this one was a digital dragon or something like that. Dragon Touch is what it's called. But if they have different ones, they, we all have the same one. We got we we bought them for my family for Christmas, uh, and so yeah. And this app is just the app you can connect. You know, the, you can connect to different frames, and it's simple to send the same picture to all four frames. So we kind of have all of our picture frames in sync and i don't know it's quite nice you know every day they'll just really want to send the wrong photo would you Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, this is why this is why you can't watch what you want to watch ivor because most of it's probably illegal i'm just saying that could make for some really awkward family reunions (laughs) i could have a lot of fun with that i could have so much fun with that so yeah, the the app is called Our Photo by Shenzhen Fujia Technology Co. Limited under Tools. It has 80 reviews and an average of just a shade over two, 2.3, and it's 18 megs, 50,000 plus installs, right out of China. I mean, it's all out of China, and I don't expect it to be the most secure piece of of equipment in my house, but it's also uh, I have all of those types of gadgets on on separate Wi-Fi network, so it's completely isolated from from everything else. Good man. 
but it's quite it's quite fun. I mean, it's I know that my parents really like the uh, updates of pictures and things like that. You told me to bring the best of the best, so I brought you an Apple 2.3. Well, the best to you. I mean, I got one. Okay. Uh, this is a bit old school. Uh, don't know if you remember when video games first came out. Uh, there was a one of the very first games that uh, people were playing was called Missile Command, and it's where you have to. Uh, there's all these things coming into your base, and there's asteroids coming in attacking your base, and you have to send up missiles to a certain point in space so it explodes just before the asteroid gets there, and all this multi-touch. You've got a multi-touch tablet; it's really good, um, but it's a really uh, faithful. Uh, reproduction of the original Missile Command game, which is a, a classic. If you look at any any history, any documentary on the history of, of video games, Missile Command is practically right next to Space Invaders. So I had a lot a lot of fun playing this game when I was younger in the computer club at school, and um, it was good to see it still still alive and kicking in the Play Store. You ever play Missile Command? Oh yeah, certainly. That was great. That was a great game. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem saying I sucked. At Missile Command. Yeah, I still do. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed watching people who are really good playing it, but I was not good at it at all. Um, on my Plex server, I want to say it's, uh, man, I can't remember which one it is. It can't be the Space Invaders. Um, high score, I think, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah. High score. I do have that on my Plex server where it's basically this one guy's push in, like, I want to say early 2000s to try to beat the Missile Command world record, which entails literally like something like three straight days of playing the game. Because there's only so fast you can play the game. Doesn't matter how good you are, there's only so fast you can play it. So it takes days to beat it. Um, The ball. I just wasn't good with the ball controller. Because you had to be really good at fast stop, fast stop, fast stop. Just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it at all. That's why I like track and field with the ball. I couldn't do. And then they came out with the next version of track and field with the two buttons. So then I would literally just take a spoon from my mom's, from our house, and go up to the game, and then between the two buttons, just have the spoon back and forth, and <laughs> crush the game. <laughs> but yeah, I don't th- Missile <laughs> Command is one of the ones that like formed people's opinions on arcade games. Yeah, I don't think I ever played it in the arcade. Um, played it on the Atari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Atari did just drop a new, in air quotes, console. Of course, it's not Atari. It's not the same company. Somebody just bought the name rights to it. And it's a console that you can load Windows on it. You can dual boot from it. You can add an extra NVMe drive to it. And it does have packs where you can buy bunches of old games to play on it. The good thing about Atari versus NES, Sega, or anything else, there was no, there was like no game like Total Recall, which somebody else owned the intellectual property with. With Atari, it was all tanks, racer, star battle, you mean that kind of thing. So when they put out a retro console, it can actually have a good amount of the old games on it. And this is completely free, which is good. Missile Command re-charged. Re, um, Very cool. Did it, either of you guys ever play a game called Yars Revenge? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, nice. Yars Revenge, be, never heard of it. That was, that was oh. one of my favorite games on Atari. The reason I still know the game Yars Revenge so much, that guy who made that game was so like awarded, so respected, so loved in the video game industry. He's the guy they asked, can you make a game for us called E.T. Oh, no. in less than six oh, weeks? Oh, that guy? Oh, no. Same guy. 
Which is why everyone believed the game was going to be great when it came out. Because that guy was so talented. Yara's Revenge was such a good, stupid, simple, challenging game that I played. I literally believe I wore out multiple joysticks playing Yara's Revenge. Oh, yeah, great game. Yeah, well, you get that little hazy field in the middle. And so huh. once your fingers start cramping up, you can kind of camp out there for a little bit. And... Yeah, take a little time out. Yeah. We never had enough. Sorry, cost far too much money. Uh, the only reason we got one was my dad was at flea markets, and this was around the time of Nintendo and ColecoVision. So we were able to get a old Intellivision, an old Atari for like next to nothing. And then I would go and I would swarm all the places, and I would find the oldest Atari and Intellivision games that nobody wanted that they were selling for like ten cents, and I'd buy those games off those people. And I found some really good gems as well. Did you have an Enduro? Um, don't believe so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Endoro, the um, um, like hang on motorcycle type game. Yeah, it was a car, and it it was the oncoming screens, and then you get into the fog. And... Yeah. Yes, and then the headlights with the two headlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, great game. Um, the app I'm gonna bring, I'll just put it like this. It's different. Welcome to the show, my name's Tordor Geek. This is a different kind of application. Now comes with a little caveat. I don't use this application. I don't have any time to use this application. In the month of December, I listened to 36 days worth of audio. Every weekend, going over people's houses, Christmas, sitting there going, oh, this is fantastic. So I could have listened to more podcasts, is what I'm trying to say. But I listened to 36 days worth of podcasts, so I don't have time to really go investigate other podcasts like this. But this app at least caught my attention. It's pronounced Eliasson, I believe. Um, Curated podcast from... Sandoruko, Apps Limited Entertainment, T for Team, does have in-app purchases. Currently, 25 reviews. 4.0 is the average score. Updated October 23rd, 2020. Uh, 4.4 megs in size, 10,000 plus installs. Current version 1.7.10 requires 6.0 Android and up. Content rating, again, T for Team. Uh, in-app purchases, it says $199 to $89. Uh, permissions, basically just Wi-Fi and uh, internet access kind of thing, and everything wants to run at startup. Um, the long and the short of the way that I would describe this app is if you want to use your podcast time as a opportunity to learn stuff. I'm, I'm not talking rocket science. I'm not talking nu- nuclear fission, but I'll say like history stuff, science stuff, text stuff, some creative stuff. If you just want to learn some kind of um, things, I definitely encourage you to check out this application. Um, it isn't going to make you the smartest thing that's ever made, but it at least tries to do what it considers to be intelligent searching on podcast names, podcast show titles, and podcast descriptions and show notes to try to find topics that you're looking for. So you could put in there machine learning or artificial intelligence or self-driving cars or space exploration or dark matter and it will try to find as many podcasts as it can on that topic to give you something to listen to um to me it was a different way to consume podcasts and that's just why i bookmarked it so it just has an an advanced search feature is that kind of the gimmick Uh, advanced search feature and then when you can rate the podcast that you're listening to then it will give you suggestions based off of that as well in-app purchases three dollars and nine cents to 139.99 yeah, and I mean, I played with it for like a day or two. I didn't see any in-app purchase, so I'm not sure what it is. Hopefully, it's not a monthly subscription. I just got to say it out loud. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, if there was a monthly subscription fee. Well, only one way to find out. Yep. 
to wait for Dor to try it. <laughs> I got no time. Well, do you okay. uh, do you know anything about the podcasting 2.0? Yeah. Um, is that a feature? Do you know of of that, like the advanced search? No, 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 no. Uh, that's really more of like you can have interactive, dynamic titles, artwork changing, um, advanced bookmarking features to where you can like deep link into a podcast. You could say, hypothetically, we could have a deep link called Curated Podcast in this application. And then advanced search engines, if you type in Curated Podcast, it would then deep link to when someone clicks that. It will be the split second we started to talk about this application. Well, the Podcast Addict does that already, doesn't it? Podcast Addict is on the ball with it, yeah. Um, maybe two weeks after I heard about that, um, when I loaded up Podcast Addict, there was a change log that said that they were implementing it. Just uh, on the subject of podcasts, you guys ever tried to listen to podcasts on Spotify? Yes, <laughs> I tried it once, and then I was interested in listening to a Joe Rogan episode that was on Spotify, and I tried to download it so that I could listen to it on something else, Spotify's uh, <clears throat> podcast player. No, so. Forget it, you might be able to do that. Yeah. No, it's done. I mean, I, I would be interested to know how many how many listeners Joe Rogan's podcast lost when he went to Spotify. He reckons he got more. They they added, they increased their audience. Well, if you ask, hypothetically, like an NFL team about their attendance, they're going to, like, fluff it. You know what I mean? Oh, of course, yeah. Well, it went up because we're now counting the, the viewers at home. Well, he was counting both YouTube. He was saying that YouTube viewers increased and Spotify viewers increased as well. Right, but how many actual, like, I never watched any of his podcasts on, on YouTube. I mean, if you're taking that, then sure. As far as, like, overall, I don't listen to any podcast or watch any podcast on YouTube. It's all just strictly audio. It's too slow, too slow on YouTube. And there's no, there's nothing on any podcast that I can say week to week to week to week. There's something I need to see. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. And and when I'm listening to podcasts, I can't be watching something anyway. Well, I, I do well, like to watch, watch Rogan's podcast. I, I will watch the video of Rogan's podcast. But the problem with Spotify, I, I use Spotify on my Roku. And on the Roku, you can't get the video. You only get the audio. Um, so I want the audio. Or the video, I mean, sorry. And I can't get it. If I, and if I cast from my tablet to Chromecast, still no audio. And Spotify's got a lot of work to do on their app to get it to get it. That even equals YouTube, I suppose. But for $160 million, you know, what are you going to do? Up to and queer. Con congratulations to him, is what I'll say. Hope you enjoy it. Yeah, well, good for him. He's, he's made a lot of money out of it, so he's been doing something right. Well, and the thing is, um, I actually partake in Joe Rogan, I would say more than anybody probably listening to this show, but not in the way you're thinking of it. Uh, I have easily 250 uh, UFC pay-per-views on my Plex server, that when I'm doing my nine to five job telecommuting, I have running in the background on the other screen. So when I'm waiting for a long query to run or waiting for a meeting to start up, I just turn around and I just look and I just watch some UFC where Rogan does the hosting for it, to which I got to say, he is one of the most knowledgeable people I've heard about UFC, but also um, like knows how to do good announcing. Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I expect his um, comedy background would help with that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm not into UFC at all, but no. you know, I, can, I can certainly understand it. Uh, ED in the chat says that the uh, it's Elysian, I think, maybe, Dor. Like the, it, yeah, the, 
the podcast app that Door just brought is a it, it's a dollar twenty five a week. That'll be New yeah. Zealand dollars, so thirty five cents. Yeah, yeah, but still, like, who charges per week? That's when you know your yeah. your app's no good. Is like, well, it's for the first hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a teaser, right? Yeah, it's like a little one nine hundred numbers. Three nine nine for the first minute, one dollar per additional minute. But we've also. I suppose you're paying. For, you're I don't paying for the curation aspect of it. I suppose. I also don't know how much I trust that guy in the in the chat room, though. <laughs> I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. I'm still under the impression that you and him are the same person. <laughs> You've never been seen in the same room. Well, we have actually. So. Well, maybe in a mirror. <laughs> I think I've got some old photos I could dig out somewhere. <clears throat> Photoshop. I tried to explain to my father, <laughs> ta Tangent. He said he had photographic proof that this one thing that happened a week or two ago was actually done by somebody else kind of thing. I tried to explain to him, you understand, I could send you full motion video of you naked with Barack Obama, and it will look real. Never tell me you have a picture proving something. Okay, this is 2021. It's so easy to fake anything these days. You know, don't, don't, don't ever tell me you have a picture of anything ever again. Oh, crikey. Um, tangent, sorry. Um, another tangent. Um, I don't believe any source independently ever again without, uh, A, I have an intimate relationship with who I'm getting this information from, but B, uh, without independent third party verification because extraordinary evidence, re I mean, extraordinary claims do re, um, re acquire extraordinary evidence. Number one, um, a site I've had a good amount of fun with, and I do believe they have an Android app. I'm bringing one more out because I can. Um, it's called Ground News. Um, the reason I like it is it's not a source of news. Okay, it is basically a curate curation of news, which of course I can't say right. Where basically they show you other people's reportings of events, and then they say, well, here's the right view of it here's the center view of it here's the far left view of it you decide which one is in air quotes accurate kind of thing um and one uh impressive spot on their website i like it's called the blind site where it shows you news that's only being reported by the right so it's blind to the people on the left or vice versa so i have friends who are extremely right so i go there and i say let me see some blind spot stories from the right and one or two that I find interesting every couple of days, whatever, I'll go to that original website and shoot them the link. I say, have you heard of this? Because I haven't. Just, you know, pretending like I'm stupid. Um, and then I do the same thing for the people who are extreme far left. I go here and I say, well, show me things that are blind to the left. Uh, and I, I try to not be like Fox News, you know, but then <laughs> send them a link and say, have you heard of this? Um, and at least a couple of times I get a back. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't I, I didn't hear about that. And I'm thinking to myself, I know. Because it shows on my website which news sites are reporting stuff and which news sites are not reporting stuff. Um, because all news is bias. The editors of news sites, whether it was newspapers in the 1900s or if it's news sites in 2021, the editors always decide what it thinks will drive clicks, drive people to come to the website to get better ad revenue. So they always try to feed their base things that they believe that their base likes. Um, this just, I think, opens up a little bit of a window just showing you what those websites 
tendencies are is the way I'll put it. Um, ground news. And they do have a paid model where I want to say it's 99 cents a month to, if you want to pay for it. I've been using it now for five months. I don't pay nothing. Um, it's just interesting. I'm not going to say it's right. I'm not going to say it's perfect. I'm not going to say it's the perfect cornerstone of how to do news journalism. It just lets me see things that otherwise I didn't know existed. How long do you reckon it'll stay on the, on the Play Store? Forever. <laughs> Forever. Really? Yeah. Because it, 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 it isn't stupid doing death threats. Well, true, but... Uh, well, it doesn't even need to be death... Overreaction. Yeah, it doesn't even need to be death threats anymore, though, is the problem. I think that's a... I, I installed it. I think it's a, a great idea. Um, I look forward to looking into it and seeing seeing all this, because it is... It, it seems like everything is just becoming an echo chamber for themselves, you know, as far as we were discussing a little bit in the, in the chat earlier about, about Patreon being um, Amazon shutting down their servers through AWS. And therefore it's no longer, no longer usable at the moment. And you mean parlor? Or, yeah. What did I say? No, Patreon. Oh yeah. That's next. Um, yeah. But yeah. parlor, sorry, parlor. And you know, that was, what they were saying is where the right was going as they just systematically get picked off of Twitter. And, and so, you know, basically Twitter will just become a left leaning echo chamber. And then parlor would probably be a right, a right wing well, echo chamber. If you take a look at the last eight months of Twitter, the top five trending things, 98% of the days were right wing stuff, not left wing stuff. Um, what got booted off of Twitter was primarily QAnon-related material, is what they say. And from what I've seen, they at least tried to focus on QAnon stuff. Um, Parler was written so incompetently, they didn't even scrub metadata on images. So they anybody put it on AWS? Because they're stupid yeah. and they're incompetent. Okay, um, But Parler wasn't even competent enough to scrub metadata off of the pictures and stuff. So it was very easy to index search everything on Parler. And what I saw was a lot of people saying how Pence needs to die and all these other people need to die and literally trying to plan how it's going to be done. And third-party people told Parler, you need to get this off your site, you need to get this off your site, you need to get this off your site. Ten days later, they still didn't get it off their site. So that's why Amazon said we had no choice but to take them down. They were not replying to us in a timely fashion. Um, it's the kind of thing where if they needed help or they needed to be on a different site, there's any number of places they could have reached out to for assistance or help. And they have. They um, have, though, Dor. I, I, I listened to, well, I, I believe that they have. I listened to, uh, I think it was a Megan Kelly podcast, and she interviewed the, I uh, can't remember what his name is, but he's the creator of Parlor. And it's actually a pretty good interview if you're interested in, in his, his side of the story as far as what happened with Amazon and and just uh, he he said that they were trying to work with Amazon, and they said that they would even well, you know he, he asked them he said we we can use your your software you know your moderating software, and they said they said no we don't think you're going to be able to do this. Well, if if my name is Trump and I spend months bad mouthing Jeff Bezos, and then I jump off of a product onto a product hosted by Jeff Bezos. Um, you know, that wasn't very smart. Well, it's not one. very smart, but it's also, I don't know, there's a lot of... Well, and then number two, people like the Pirate Bay, who are pros at this, openly said nobody contacted us and we have no problem staying up. So they need to educate themselves on how to do this kind of thing before jumping in the big pond kind of thing. 
Well, it'll I'm be interesting. That at, uh, door. Sorry, sorry, man. Um, well, and my question is, why would they go on parlor? We have decentralized, federalized networks that have existed for a decade now, and they didn't go on any of them. Like, well, wow, that's also I Mastodon. Mean, parlor is it was the buzzword, right? And it, maybe it's just a maybe it was just a honey pot to like suck all these people in and then they just blow it up. Well, that owner, I've heard more than a couple of interviews with him. He is a sharp fella. Okay, um, I'm shocked he wasn't as prepared as I would have expected him to be. But, you know, same thing about Zoom. When Zoom became popular, it was existed for a couple of years, but they were shockingly not prepared for it when it happened. Um, I have, I found a similar app, Dora. I'll just put it in the, in the chat. I won't uh, show it to you. Because um, I've been looking for an app that would give you a bit more a bit more information on, on, on stories of interest. Uh, this is called Napoli. And what it does is it shows you a, a new story and then you've got, it answers five questions, so who, what, where, and why. And uh, it gives you a one page on, on each of those categories, and it just lays out the facts. Now, there, I have noticed some bias in, in some of it, but if there's, it's not just news articles, there's also uh, interesting topics, uh, historical things, you know, uh, archaeology, whatever you're interested in, you can, you can put all this in, and it will tell you all the basic information from a bunch of different sources, and I think it gives you links to other, other places as well. I find it's quite a, quite an interesting. Yeah, it gives you little um, uh, inspirational quotes as well from famous people. Yeah, so, I was gonna um, say I gotta cut you off. I'm sorry. I load the app app up and I load the video up, and the first thing I see is Penn Jillette. Fantastic. Okay, <laughs> must be good then. <laughs> um, but I found that quite useful in, in establishing what some facts were around some some issues. Um, and I think it's it's important for people to actually go and seek out information. That's unbiased, that as as much as it can be, I suppose. So don't just look at the CNN or the Fox News. Find some other sources of information to inform. Yeah, that's that's crucial now too. Like it's, people just walk through life, some of them like zombies, and just absorb whatever they hear on mostly mainstream media. And you kind of have to take a step back and you know at least fact check what they're telling you because you know they're all they're. There's an agenda for all of this stuff. Everybody has something that they're that they're aiming for, or a direction that they're going, or you know, some underlying reasons for doing a story or saying certain things. Yeah, honestly, everybody, everything has an agenda, and if they tell you they don't, they're lying through their teeth. Um, far too many people just believe headlines. Far too many people don't do research. Um, it's a human flaw um, that we do that. It's always much quicker. And more dramatic and more like reactionary watching a house burn down in 30 seconds than it is to watch people work together, you know, be kind and do and build a house in six months. It's not exciting to watch that happen. It's, you know, there, there, there's no emotion sparked watching people build a house. So bad news always travels great. Um, people are lazy. I'm lazy. Um, but people need to learn to be skeptical about everything we listen to and not cynical about things that just because they don't agree with you. Um, it, it isn't hard. It is definitely hard work. Uh, you have to want to do it. Or the other flaw is we have a hard time, I believe, just believing experts. Um, if they have any political innuendo behind their voice at all, nobody seems to believe a, a expert, no matter what their field is, whether it be rugby. Christopher Dawkins is another huge example of that. I'll get into that. <laughs> Yeah, R Richard Dawkins. Oh, Richard. No, sorry. I was thinking Christopher Hitchens, and then I'm yeah. thinking Richard Dawkins as well. Yeah, Richard Dawkins. Yeah. 
Hitchens is dead. And I tried to explain to one person last week about how Hitchens had himself waterboarded so he would know what it was like. Mm. Yeah. Not me. Not me. Pass on that. It only lasted about 30 seconds, I think. Oh, not even three seconds. Wasn't it? Oh, okay. Not, e- not even three seconds and he hit the button. And he said, nope, nope, that enough. Well, it's good that, It's good that everyone that gets waterboarded has that button, though, at least. So. Oh, exactly. <laughs> God love, God bless America. The more I watch the news, the more I like listening to music. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. I'm definitely going to install this app and give it a go. And it's Napoli, K-N-A-P-P-I-L-Y. And uh, the, the first... The first review makes a point and says it does not have ads. Yeah, has no ads. That's good. Very cool. I I think that these are going to be very important type of apps going going forward, just because there there are such polarized views on everything. And I mean, I I believe that that uh, all of these people that are trying to manipulate you, I mean, they're all just lying. So if, even if you see it on the mainstream media, CNN, ABC, anything, there's a good chance that they're looking you in the face and lying, and they have no problem well, doing it. everybody casts themselves as the hero. They believe they're only making the truth more evident by enhancing. I'll tell you one thing I can't understand is people's obsession with Twitter. It seems, it seems to be an American well, thing, I don't know, but because there's nothing people live their lives the on Twitter. They love it. I, mean, I, did, I found out about reply guys. These guys basically live to reply to Trump's tweets. That's all they do all day. And <laughs> well, like, a lot of them and, now and will all also... All the news articles are all on what somebody said on Twitter. I mean, it's not news if somebody says it on Twitter. Well, what they do now as well is they'll, they'll especially with, with Trump, someone will say, oh, he's a big fat liar. Here, buy my T-shirt. Or here's my Patreon page. Yeah. Or, you know, here's my yeah. Bitcoin wallet. Send me some money. Grifters as well. But, ugh. Just this fascination with Twitter. The whole world seems to exist on Twitter. Really, it's just a bunch of people saying what the hell they the first thing that comes out of the out of their ass. Right, and then it's it, like Dora said before, it's just headline reading, and there's so often a headline will totally misrepresent what the actual article is about. You know, like they, it's a good way for for uh, news news places to to get something in your in your brain that's not true. You know, they'll you'll read the headline, and then if you actually read the article, it actually will contradict what the headline says inside the article. But no one ever reads the article, the so the headline. Is... These journalists, they just live on Twitter, and that's that's all their news. It's just anything that happens on Twitter. Looked at Twitter for two years. I used to look at it more just for just to get news, you know, to like try to find what was going on, stuff to to look further into. But it's yeah. just a cesspool. <laughs> I used to use a uh, Twitter fall to find interesting things on Twitter and interesting people to find on Twitter. I thought, really, I thought it was the better, the best tool I ever saw to like actively search what's, what was going on. on what's it called? Twitter fall. T W I T T E R F A L dot com. Uh, it's basically a dynamic search of the fire hose of what is Twitter. Um, I think it's, not, it was very like, I uh, think it's not as much a fire hose as like that big hose that they suck out porta potties with into the truck well when i used it it was literally like eight years ago if not 10 years ago uh and it's a very um um like web 2.0 dynamic interactive flowing kind of website uh where it's very easy to do like searches or excludes uh to what's going on right now kind of thing and it looks like you have to sign in with twitter in order to use it now yeah Yeah, it's a shame not happening um 
Well, now since it's about half an hour, well, and when you sign in, it does use OAuth, so it's not like you're actually signing in. Um, since it's now about a half an hour after we said we were going to stop recording, um, Josh, do you have any uh, parting words for the listeners? Yeah, it's good to be back. Um, I don't know why I said um there. Nice filler, so I could think of something to say, I guess. I am in the market, perhaps, for an older or a newer um, Google Pixel device. I had an old XL. It got broken. But there's some things I want to try. Uh, I mean, I'm either I'm four, three, two. Oh, your uh, old one that you used to have. Oh, no, it was a, it was a original XL. I had that thing for oh, wow, okay. up through yeah. like the XL3. I had the... <laughs> the three XL. So I had the original one for way too long cause I'm an OG, but, um, yeah. So if anybody has one, they're looking to get rid of, shoot me up AAA at podnuts.com. And I'll just go through here real quick. What we discussed as far as apps went. And the first one was next cloud notes by Niederman, it Dienstel Stugen Dugan under tools. And that's exactly how you say that word as well. The next one is Surfshark VPN, Secure VPN for Privacy and Security by Surfshark VPN, Secure VPN app. Our photo by Shenzhen Fujia Technology Co. Limited under Tools. Missile Command Recharged by Atari Inc. under uh, Elcyon Curated Podcast by Sonadorico Apps Limited under Entertainment. Ground News by Snapwise Inc news and magazines and napoli the knowledge app by napoli under news and magazines so thanks everybody for listening and coming out sorry for the delay but these things happen hopefully we'll be able to do this a little more more frequently going forward because hindsight is 2021 as they say exactly very cool very cool uh do you have any uh parting words there ivor oh just uh an apology for not being around for three months um and uh, just a plea to everybody to stay calm and um, listen to music. Stay away from the news. Yeah. Um, unless, of course, it's music with social commentary in it, then just be careful. Um, I'll just say uh, thanks for all the emails, AAA at podnuts.com. Thanks for if anyone sends any voicemail, 7076-PODNUT. Uh, I want to thank everyone for the support on uh, Discord, Voxer, text chat, uh, phone calls, and stuff like that. Um now, between us, uh, first thing this morning when I woke up, uh, podnuts.com was down. I went into complete panic mode. Uh, February 12th, the domain was set to expire. Uh, I was trying to hold out till like early February uh, to when the next round of Patreon money came in for me to pay the bill. Uh, it was over like 380 bucks because of my inadequate organization skills behind the scenes. I didn't have enough just yet. This morning I woke up, the website was down, but it was down in a really weird way. I panicked and I thought, HostGator cut me off early uh, because I know they always cut me off early, but I didn't think it was that early. So I panicked, took the family money, paid the hosting plan. Uh, later that day, found out HostGator silently upgraded my PHP version and didn't tell me. Um, so Pinots.com is back up and running now. Um, I owe the wife just a touch of money to which she kindly said, don't stress, don't worry about it kind of thing. Um, so I'll say it like this. If you ever stopped and thought about supporting other people, uh, I would say Podnuts could use a touch of help just to pay the wife back as soon as possible. Um, also, I am going to get a new phone here probably within the next 30 days. Uh, the OnePlus Clover is being launched in India on the 22nd. 
of this month in like a week and two days or something like that, that's when I'm going to find out how compatible is it with U.S. carriers. Um, the sub $200 phone, uh, three gigs of RAM, um, 6,000 milliamp battery, one plus with that oxygen OS, best damn Android OS it's ever made. Um, I'm going to get something. My phone is literally like cracked. Uh, the battery life unplugged active screen only goes like three and a half, four hours. But I will say the Huawei P20 Lite was a trooper and worked great for me. I just abused the crap out of phones. Um, so, you know, we, we, you'll have that. Um, I'll say next week, if we, the next show we do, we're going to try to go a little bit more deeper into what is the future of phones, mobile networks, ecosystems, portable devices. Um, what to, what can we see as being like game changer coming up sooner or later? Um, but if you want to contact us again, aaapodos.com is the easiest way to do that. Uh, links will be in the notes. All the uh, apps will be in the notes. If you have apps you want us to check out, just send them our way. Um, I want to thank everyone for coming out to the live chat. Swift, Charles, ED, and whenever I see ED, I just think something else out of say Little that. blue pill. I didn't Rates say well. that. Uh, Caleb, uh, all you guys, really good to see you. Really good to hang out with you. Uh, we will talk to everyone again real soon. Take it easy, people. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.